Take us to the story of the French dip. The, the creativity of it is not really the story here. It's a story about observing a mistake, if you will, and that opening your eyes and expanding on that, not actually coming up with a brand new idea. It's being open in life to something new and different and going with it. Take us through that story. So, Andrew here, uh, the story, um, there's a few different versions over history, but kind of like the main story is a customer came in who was a police officer. Philippe was preparing his sandwich, and the roll fell into the pan drippings of the meats uh, that were roasted that day. And uh, whether the customer was in a hurry, asked for the sandwich just to be served that way. Um, Philippe did it, and the customer came back with some friends, you know, the day after, a few days after, and he requested it to be dipped. So, yeah, not much creativity, more haste. Um, mm-hmm. But that was really the birth of the sandwich. And then from that day, Philippe couldn't keep enough au jus to, <laughs> you know, dipping sandwiches. And so that really created the huge volume of, you know, sandwiches we do every day. And it's pretty interesting uh, accident. So I've had on this show over 10 years many people who have been iconic restaurants from El Tarasco most recently to um, Marty's Hamburger Place by the fire station near Rancho Park. It seems to me that one of the most successful things you almost have to do in the restaurant business to survive this long is to own the land that you're housed in. Because if you've got a landlord who keeps jacking up the rent, you eventually got to go. Um, when was the land bought? I'm assuming you guys own the land. And when did that transpire? Well, that, this is Mark. That happened in the early 50s when we when we bought this the machine shop and the brothel upstairs. You know that you know what that reminds me of. That reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza wanted to have everything in life all at the same time. So yeah. while he's you know in bed with this woman, he pulls out a bologna sandwich from behind the pillow. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's the way they're thinking, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Um, owning the land, especially nowadays, is critical. We've got lots of parking, you know, which is what a, what a great commodity that is to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we own the building, and um, we've got lots of space too. So with the social distancing nowadays, that's really helped us a lot. We actually have seven different parcels here, and we picked them up as they became available one by one. That's a smart businessman. That's the key to success: is owning the land. I want to ask you a question. Growing up the son of a carpenter, and I'd love to talk about my father on Father's Day, so this is something that always, you know, in life you have so many sensations, what you see, what you hear, what you touch. But for me, there's nothing greater than the smell of recently cut wood because I used to go into my dad's shop to see the cabinet or whatever it is that he had just made as a kid and just being amazed at all the tools and, and being a carpenter and the smell of it all. But the one thing that really touches me deeply is sawdust and because that's what was on the floor of the shop uh, because of all the wood he was cutting up. You've got sawdust on your floor in your restaurant. I love that. What is the logic behind sawdust in a restaurant? Well, that, that started, I think, really a couple things. You know, um, 
So our great grandfather and his and his brothers they owned some stables. So that may be part of the you know the sawdust, the hay mm-hmm. story. And then also, but in the old butcher shops, you know, when they used to, you'd actually do a lot more of the butchering in the restaurant. They would put down sawdust to capture any of the drippings from you know when you hmm. cut up the meats. Hmm. So I think it's kind of a throwback to that, and um, so it's, it's really a tradition for us now. Hmm. I just would love to know what it feels like as someone who's devoted their life to the restaurant business and you kind of stay in your lane for so long and the tradition and you can just count on it to taste so delicious each time. But when all of a sudden the guru of food walks into your restaurant, I know this because I watch the Food Channel and they have a show, The Best Thing I Ever Ate. And the topic was sandwiches. And you got Wolfgang Puck, the man, the guru, saying his favorite sandwich in Los Angeles is Philippe. What was that like to have him in your restaurant? 